It's the deal. Once again, we back. Facts over feelings, the podcast. I'm your host, SPI, the most Easty, aka VJ Keyway. Got a very special guest today. Not only am I fond of this young man uh, because he's my nephew, um, however, he's one of my heroes. I want to introduce y'all to EP, the one and only Eli Penny. Welcome, man. I feel, thank you. Thank you for being here. I feel honored to have you, especially at this time of year, because I know. Typically, um, almost all your life, this is one of your most busiest times of the year. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate you having the time to be here and making it. Um, I know you've been traveling a lot. Um, I'm going to give you opportunity to give the people a small introduction to yourself as much as you choose before we get into popping what we want to pop it about. Yeah, well, uh, Elijah Penny, uh, come from a family of four. Um, born and raised Los Angeles, right there, uh, Western. Uh, 55th, the whole Slauson area, you know, um, yeah, you know, my story is no different from uh, any other kid that grew up in the, you know, the urban community, urban society, and, um, you know, I'm just, you know, now I'm here, I play ball six, seven years, going on my seventh year in the league, and um, I'm just really here just to, you know, create a, a, a difference in uh, the community that we come from. I, you know, I'm glad that you started from that angle because I really want to salute your parents the penny pair, because uh, this really a, a, a one of the very few um, examples I could show to where black love and dedication and sticking it through and instilling morals into your seeds can actually pay off. And so salute to you, uh, both your mother and your father. Yeah. Um, you, you were very humble in your introduction. Um, uh, I like I I, I I admire humility, but uh, we can pop it a little bit. Too, yeah, okay, you know, I'm just, yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Because this is my thing, bit. bro. I, I'm 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 amongst the giants in all my experience of life, and that's no pun intended. Yeah. I mean, my daddy's six six, three hundred pounds, big hand. I mean, I, everywhere I go, I'm a leader. I I don't have much fanism in me. Period. However, the society we live in. It's very hard for alpha males to have heroes. It is. The places we find them typically are in the sports arena and entertainment. Absolutely. Um, I'm a football fanatic, bro. I've seen you do things on television alongside people that only a dreamer can ever experience. Mm -hmm. um, you have a, 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 I've seen you block punts and run them in for touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you didn't even get the people an idea of where you've done these things at. Can you please give them an idea about, you know, the couple of uh, institutions you've been associated with that they might be familiar with on a professional football level, please? Definitely. So, man, my, my. Okay, let's go. Matter of fact, yeah, we go college. let's go back to high school. You from, you from <laughs> Los Angeles? Yeah. This is the thing. I made that joke to you when you first got here saying, like, this is the first time you ever been um, busy um, in this period of the year. And you said since 12 years old. 12 years old. So we know generally Los Angeles, we can skip past that. High school is where your career actually starts when you're going to take it serious. Right. Unless you're a prodigy beyond that. Where did you play your high school ball? And talk about the struggle of not being drafted and still making it to the promised land because i know it takes something from within that that's yeah. real thorough so like my in high school it started with my brother my older brother started balling he didn't start balling until like his 10th grade year and before that we was playing we was playing baseball all our life at van Ness park so we grew up playing baseball baseball that's all we knew and then um 
my dad, he was like, man, he, you know, my older brother started getting in a little trouble at Crenshaw. So my dad was like, you know what, y'all, y'all gone. You know, y'all going way to the end of the 105. So we went to Norwalk. Never heard of it and didn't know nothing about it. We was making stuff up, saying that they was, you know, calling us the N-word, calling us, you know, we we trying to get back home. Yeah, we trying to get back home. So long story short, you know, we just kind of got used to it. Like, you know, the people out there, you know, my brother started playing ball and, you know, he was good at it. And I just did everything he did. So my 10th grade year, I started balling. Then I just became good, you know, all state, all CIF, doing all that stuff. So after that, I was just like, man, I'm kind of good at this. So I just started taking it serious. And then... When my first offer came from UCLA, that's when I was like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm on to something. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm legit. So after that, the whole Pac-12 started offering. Then I started balling out. My senior year started going crazy. So my grades wasn't – people always try to tell me that, like, or say that, like, yeah, but remember what happened to EJ. His grades wasn't good. It wasn't that my grades wasn't good. It's because I went to Norwalk. Norwalk, mm. they were just putting you in classes to graduate, not to go mm. Division One. So when I was getting those offers, it was late. It was late. Uh, I had to go the JUCO route, so I went to COS in Fresno. Then I went to Cerritos. Then I went to Compton. Then I went to OCC. Grinding, grinding, mm-hmm. grinding. And just trying to figure the, it the out. The whole too. time, were you like knowing where you're gonna land, or were you just like, I'm gonna ride this out because I've been doing it, and I'm. A, did you kind of think that regular life was coming a lot sooner than? Uh, no, I really was just fighting it, like, cause my pops was like, "Man, just go get like." He come from an area. Big Five. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was like, "Man, go get a job." We do. We. He was mm-hmm. like, "When I was y'all age, I had money." We do. You know. Mm-hmm. We college kids, so right. we was living a totally different, you know, life that he was accustomed to, especially right. for a young twenty-year-old. So he was telling me and my homies like. Man, I had money when I was y'all age. I was this, I was doing that. I was mm. like, man, well, we playing ball though. It's different. <laughs> right. So it's like, so I end up working at Target just to satisfy my pops for a little right. bit, and then I just I quit working. It wasn't for me. Mm. But the whole time when I was preparing, I knew like my work was gonna take me there. So right. even if somebody was like doubting me or whatever, like I just always knew like. I'm the one putting this work in. I'm doing this. And I just believed in myself so much. Like, I had no doubt that I was going. That's I didn't know right. when. I just didn't. I didn't I didn't know. You knew you was going to land. I knew I was going to land. I, just right. didn't, I didn't know when, but I knew it for sure I was going to get in was, You played the same position all the way through, or, was, or did you play multiple positions? So it was hard. Like, a lot, just for being a bigger running back. That's a lot what of I was about to ask you. About. Like, man, go play nose guard. Go play D right. outside linebacker. And a lot of the schools, they was recruiting me for that. But it was just me. Like, I was like, man, I want the ball in my hand. And then I'd be having this thing to where I'd be like, I don't even be knowing if people be hating on me, but I'd just be putting it in my head that they hating on me. <laughs> so. Yeah, keep that chip on your shoulder. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm like, man, you know, they telling me I can't play running back. I'm going to do this. So, you know, um, you know, fast forward from Cerritos College, uh, I went to Idaho. Univers- I bought out two years there. Was like the first thousand yard back my senior season in a mm. long time there. So that's what kind of got me on the map up there. And then, uh, you know, still with it being a small school, when it was time for me to get drafted, draft day come. Man, I hope I got a story. Mm, talk to you. Talk to us. We so, listening. Man, draft day come. So I'm projected to go like the third day, maybe even the second day. Mm. The second day, like rounds four through five or whatever. Right. So three through five. So we have a party, big party and everything. Agent throw the party, moms throw the party, so everybody is there. And I'm thinking I'm about to get drafted. So So like is the camera set up for like when we get those little cutaways, like how how the parties be going on, the family be mingling. So yeah. you set up, dressed, Dougie, I'm, waiting for that moment. Okay, I'm listening. I'm waiting. So All right. 
I'm getting calls like the fifth round start coming. Then I get the Chargers call like, yeah, we about to get you right now. Steelers call, we about to get you right now. Saints call, we about to get you right now. Ain't none of them dudes call me. They play a game like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't none of these dudes call me. So mind you, my whole family is there, like extended cousins, everything. I go in the room, man. I just go in the room and I'm just like, man, I failed myself. Pops come, mm. Pops come back in the room, like, man, come outside. Like, you know, you you still a, you know, right. you, yeah. you didn't fail, you know what I'm saying? Right. Come outside, come show right. your face. I'm like, all right, whatever. So my <clears throat> agent called me. I ain't get no call, no draft, no nothing. And usually when you get drafted, you got guys who go undrafted, uh, free agents who get the contract. I ain't even get the contract. I was a straight trial guy. So my agent hit me after all that and was like, well, hey, man, you want to you wanna try out for the Cardinals? Mm. And I was like, man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I guess. So right. at that time, when I told my cousin that I got, dra- I got picked up by the Cardinals, he ran in the house and told everybody I got drafted. drafted. And I was just trying out for the weekend. Right. So it was like, oh, Pressure on. Man, yeah. And then my mom's hugging me, crying. Uh, my dad's oh, hugging me. So I'm like, nah. So he, I'm like, they don't even know. Like, this is not so even. So you didn't even take the, you didn't have the courage to say, no, 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 no. You just let it ride. Nah, I didn't. But okay. then I had to, once I felt that pressure, though, I kept it. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. you know what? I took, I drove to the beach that night. Me and my fiance, we drove to the beach. I was like, man, I ain't coming home. That's right. Not coming home, and then shoot, I did my workout. I bought out that weekend. I just made sure I looked better than the dude that they had signed over me mm. the whole weekend. And then shoot, that Sunday after that practice, they was like, Elijah, come upstairs. <laughs> then I got Larry Fitzgerald, all the OGs coming down. Was he there? I was like, That's Yeah, this hard. this is this love right here. That's hard. And yeah, so I did my time in Arizona. Did two years in Arizona. Then did my last. Or in New York. That's hard. I just want to ask one like fanism question on this subject, and I'll get out of there. Like, what is it like being the guy that Eli trusted, keep him safe in that pocket for a while? Man, that was. Did he do we respect what you was doing for him? A lot of the OGs respected what I was doing, man, and that's where like a lot of like I mean I don't need like I, that's where a lot of my gratitude come from. Like when I get respect from like Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson. Once I seen that, like, you know, they, AP. they, they noticed one. me and noticed my grind and noticed the type of player I was. And then once would, I got my respect from them, I was good. With you and Eli, was it any special bond? Cause you'll have the same name, Eli yeah, E. Yeah, they, say they used to call they used to call him E one, and they used to call me E two, E three. I was E three because we had Eli Apple. Okay, yep, that's we had hard. Eli Apple. E one, two, and three. Yeah, so, yep, And then you know, just being in there, I used to make jokes with uh, the quarterback now in New York, uh, Daniel Jones, is because my first year in New York. I remember Eli, you know, he's an older dude, older quarterback. So, you know, he he looking for that quick outlet. Okay. Quick. He don't want to get touched. And, you know, Daniel come in. Daniel he's going to hang in there. Right. Yeah, he throwing yeah. my So I'm like, hey, throw me the ball. Eli threw me 15 balls last year. So <laughs> throw me the ball. So you know? did he get, give you more action? Yeah, he did. He, he did. did. He did. That's yep. what it do. That's what it do. <laughs> he did. The boy, uh. Barkley cool. Yeah, Barkley, yeah, Barkley good. He gonna be back this year. I, I I know he, you know, the last couple years been tough for him, but this year I talked to him a couple times and then just watching film, I think he looked confident, explosive. That's what he it do. I'm so proud of you, man, but I'm finna get off. I told you like you one of my heroes. Not often you get a hero that you kinda watch grow up and now he a hero. Just so proud of you and I made it my business to try to keep a sports related theme today. Mm-hmm. Just based on you a you a giant, no pun intended, in the sports world. 
And one thing I became um, aware of, or I, 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 I noticed that happened, the, 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 the league extended the actual season. Was it from 16 to 17? 17. Yep. Mm -hmm. As a player, do you actually feel the effect of that extra game? Do you appreciate yeah. it, or would you rather this stay? All right, I'm gonna I'm give a real answer, not no media train answer. Okay. Nah, we ain't messing with it. Yeah, it's the too. It's too yeah, I mean, even though they get they because they cut the last preseason game, so it's three preseason games, and then they added a regular season game. But at the end of the season, like from to me and like just stuff that I hear from the locker room players and you know. It's just too much on the body mm -hmm. for older guys because mm -hmm. some dudes feel like sixteen weeks was all sixteen already games was lot. already a lot. So now you add an extra one, like to fans, to people who are in, entertained by the game. Maybe it don't bother them because they not. Well, it don't bother. Right, them. it doesn't. It doesn't we already them. feel robbed when we when you're a football fanatic versus baseball or uh, or, or basketball. You, you feel robbed because they all yeah they, they get eighty to hundred yeah. games and we get sixteen games. So of course. I, I have young boys that play football, so I went from a gladiator to a parent real quick. I don't mm. really, I don't care if they all quit. <laughs> I, I respect what y'all put on the line so yep. consistently, but with my babies out there, I'm, I'm like cringing now. It's just like, and um, so I can definitely understand why that was seen. It's almost like in the regular work world, that's overtime. It's overtime. Overtime. Yep, it's I can overtime. dig it. I can dig it. Um, is it not even worth it when you consider the pay? Because it's, it's only one game, so the pay doesn't even make it. Is it an incentive pay-wise, or is it just? Uh, so it's not really. A, it's just that they spread the checks out. They uh, spread the money out. So you really only feel it that way? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's really over. <laughs> yeah, wow. No, that's <laughs> wow. Out, that's deep. So, if you, so even if you negotiate this amount of money for a 16-game season, we're adding a game. We're just gonna spread that same money out over extra game. Yeah, okay, you, you NFL. That's ironic, man. Yeah. Uh, keeping it sports, keeping it football. And we talked about you playing since you were twelve. Um, there's a story out of Texas recently, where it seemed I've coached you football been you know participating in it in one form or another all my life i've heard about fights i've seen fights mm -hmm. but now we got to see not only a fight get out of hand where our kids are playing football but then someone got shot to death and all, all the years that you've been familiar with the football field the only time i can imagine my mind having an image of football and gun shooting was on what movie was that the last boy scout Y'all seen it when uh, Damon Wayne, somebody got shot in the end, he ran a touchdown, then pulled out a gun and shot somebody on the field. Yeah, that's how ridiculous it is. Nobody knows it. But what's your thoughts on, just imagine all the days you spent out at the field waiting for the next game for your brother to play. Mm -hmm. um, how the fuck, what, what is it that you could imagine would cause something to happen within a youth football field that would cause someone to end, to end in gunfire and we have a, uh, what's your thoughts on the fact that a, a coach, a father lost his life right in front of so many children? I think it's, uh, it's definitely unfortunate, but I think that like when we, when we get into these like environments with the kids and you know, it's getting competitive and stuff. Like I, I feel like a, a lot of adults and older people, they forget that this what is what it's about. It's, right. it's for the kids and it's for them to have fun and to create memories. So 
you know, for a kid to be out there, like, what if what if a kid was out there and, and to say that, like, this is all he know, this is all he got, this is what he love, and he may be going through something at home or at school mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and then... That's t- so often the case. Yeah, yes. exa- exactly. Yes. So, yeah. And it's like, man, you do that, at, this ain't the place for that. Not at all. So... You know, my my condolences to the family and you know, all that stuff. But you know, I, I just felt like as older people, older adults, I, I don't know if we was black or white. Yeah, I, it was I'm us. Saying. It was us. It was us. It was all apparently all us. See, and and that part right there, and it's like we definitely got to do better because I feel like football is our sport. So when it comes to like, you know, the representation of it, especially at a, at the lower level, it's like, come on, we gotta. We gotta do better. We gotta sure. do better. Do you think about the way that they describe the way trauma affects the young mind, and to be like you say for football for so many youth footballs an escape from mm-hmm. all the other bullshit that they gotta face, and so to be here in one of your most safest zones and see that erupt, it's kind of like find the heart any pocket of society to trust mm-hmm. after that for a lot of people. Yeah. I couldn't imagine um, witnessing something like that at such a young tender age. So I want to also add my condolences to um, those that uh, were personally affected by that. I think it's crazy, man. Um, Not only did the kids get to witness that extreme violence, somebody lost their life. Two people lost their life, one is dead. But do you know what I think about this too? This is the crazy part. They were in Texas. I think it's an open carry carry state. And throughout the melee, you see somebody, I think they had like the, uh, the down marker Mm-hmm. And that was being utilized as a weapon. I've only seen the footage once or twice, and it's kind of like moving so fast and chaotic. But all I know is that was swung mm-hmm. before the gunfire. And once they get to court, ain't no telling how he could mitigate what he did. Uh-huh. And that'd be even deeper yep. for him not to um, lose the rest of his life. But there was one life lost who seemingly was dedicated to some positive things, being out there with them kids on a consistent for basis. Sure. Trying to help them learn, I think that's horrible. Let me say you got a short clip. Okay. At a preseason peewee football game in Lancaster, an argument quickly turned into a fight. Not even a game that counts. Seconds later, it ended Scrimmage with game. a deadly shooting. Scrimmage game. That's why one of our coaches laying down on the ground right there. That's why. That's tough. Michael Freeman runs the DEA Dragons, one of the teams playing when the shooting happened. The coach killed was their offensive coordinator and former UNT star, 43-year-old Mike Hickman. Mm-hmm. More than just a coach, great father, great man, um, great role model, great mentor. Freeman says the fight began when Hickman went to grab a ball and someone kicked it away. Police identified the shooter as Foot probably came to close to his face and are still mm-hmm. trying to find him. I heard gunshots. His brother was. was the first thing you heard? Yeah, gunshots, people running. Tavar Watson owns the North Dallas United Bobcats, the other team playing. He says Tlaib and his brother, former NFL star Akib Tlaib, are both coaches for the team. Oh, I think it's all senseless, man. Like yesterday was probably the worst day of, day of my life, man. And I- Watson has been friends with Hickman through football for roughly a decade. Lost a good guy, uh, a real what we call stand-up guy. Is one of the guys that's. Um, there for his family. I'm lost at words. I don't know how to explain that to the kids. That's the part that I'm stuck on That's right now. How yeah. do I explain it to yeah. them? Why? Yeah, what the, the fuck? The nine-year-old kids bro. playing were just nine yards away from the shooting, including Hickman's own son. I held his son, little Mike, Mike Jr., and I held him like my son. Damn. And it, it was very, very, very hard to hold him and console him because, again, I mean, just, just letting them know that we'll be there for him. 
at a game that just see i'm gonna let you give your feedback my thing is now from what they said started he was going to grab a ball and somebody tried to kick it that sounds extremely petty but i when i saw that i saw the potential of a foot coming real close to my face like somebody trying to kick me in my face so for that moment i can imagine an aggressive reaction mm -hmm. for it to still get there that's still extreme but that's that's crazy yeah, that, oh man, that is, oh man, I really ain't got no words for it. It's, I can understand. Speech, just nine-year-olds. Exactly. Especially like us having our Pop Warner program too. And I'm just thinking about my son. I'm just like, man, it ain't, it ain't. The dude saying, I could hear it in the man's voice saying, yeah. I held his son, Michael Jr., like he was my son. And I can imagine what type of clinging that baby was doing. I mean. Pray, I pray for him, Michael Jr., the most out of everybody I, I'm personally aware of in that situation. Michael Jr., you get my energy, youngster. I, don't, I couldn't imagine, man. I, I, I see people with less tragic stories use it for an excuse for their lives to go so reckless. Uh -huh. So yep. I just I just pray, you know, he, he's still able to, to some degree, regroup and make the best out of his life. It's like we're on the dark side of sports at the moment, so we might as well go to the uh, way to Russia. Um, what's your thoughts on what's her name? Griner? Brittany Griner. Oh, if I wanted to you see it was one of your peers, um, siblings, Talib, that um was yeah, involved. That, yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah, I had meant to mention that. But as we transition, yeah, um I find it crazy that in California, America in general, marijuana is becoming more and more accepted and legal. Mm -hmm. um, Russia is involved in a very high profile publicized war at the time. America is not an ally in that war. Um, WNBA star, female chose to go over there to participate in whatever type of um, business she had. Subsequently in the airport, she was arrested with not any flowers, trees or buds but a compound made derived from marijuana, CBD, CBD that's sold in gas stations here. And- um, It's crazy. It's crazy, it reminds me of a movie slash, I, I, I actually read the book. You asked me about books, I read it incarcerated at one point. You really read it. <laughs> I read it, I was quite young. I was younger than you are now. But it was called The Midnight Express. And it was about a dude who tra traveled to Turkey and got caught up in the airport with some hashish. And he went through such a terrible uh, situation as far as incarceration on a charge that you and I would have got cited out for. He was an American, and his parents wanted him to go to college, and he chose to go to Turkey to, to take a year off. And just da, da 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 he realized how cheap hash was and tried to buy him a little personal mm. big piece, personal big piece to take home, got caught up, and they treated him like he was El Chapo. And that's what it reminds me of with this lady. However, when you think about the way Russia has to think about America, they don't give a fuck about America. Um, you, she goes over there. Of course, we think it's petty. However, they don't. She's facing a lot of time. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think that, uh, like I, like you said uh, earlier, they you know, marijuana is kind of like accepted everywhere now, 2022. And then you know, I, I figured that you know, well, we know that she's a big WNBA star, so she's a big fit. So you know, yes. if there were anybody else to do that, you know, I feel like it'd just be a slap on the wrist for. Uh, you think if she was not pigmented, like you and I, she would be dealing with the same thing? Do you think that's factored in? 
No, nah, she wouldn't. Blonde hair, white. No, no, no. That's a slap on the wrist for sure. The, pair, the people who who cuffed her up probably what nine times out of ten blow some marijuana. Exactly. You know? It's probably tell me this. Hasn't the NFL no longer is it not an issue as much um controversy as marijuana is caused for players? Is that no longer So the NFL now, the way they got the test is like, you know, they know majority of the players smoke. Mm -hmm. They all smoke. So they know that, like, when it's time to test, like, I forgot how it goes. But, like, you, you'll be able to smoke that morning and test by 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. And still be okay. Still be okay. Good. So they kind of, they kind of, like, limited they the They say don't level. be baked at the testing time. Okay. <laughs> I, I can dig that. I can dig <laughs> at that. At the testing time, yeah. I yep. can dig that. That's it right there. But, but nah, I, I feel like, and another thing, I just felt like it was bad timing with her, too. Here you go. It's bad timing. More I think they, than yes, I agree. I More agree. Than bad timing. I also feel ironic that there are still people, though, how America is acting like they want to show some outrage about her conditions. They haven't rectified everybody in America that's incarcerated behind marijuana, even though our laws have changed. And I think America often finds itself contradicting what it con considers its morals. Mm hmm even when it like has some type of moral indignation about Ukraine being invaded. Mm. When we know this is not originally European American soil. Nope. So they, they <laughs> often find themselves on the contradictory side of those type of issues. So I'm not shocked. I'm not no hater. Definitely wouldn't wish jail on anyone, no foreign jail on top of that. Um, so free Griner, man. I, I, I wish for her free early grinder. release, but I, you know what I also have heard suspicious as an issue is that she is not natural heterosexual. And from what I understand over there in that region, that is highly looked down upon. And some people feel like they might not appreciate her presence even because that might be weighing in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that could be. I ain't know nothing about that. That, yeah, could, be, yeah. that could be it too. Yeah, I think I think that that's I've heard that reported more than once and I've also heard reported that in exchange for her release, Russia didn't ask for some cold motherfuckers who we got locked in. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. like, nah, we got, we can't. They, they might, she ain't one of them. Yeah. They, but like, if you can look up who they, what they asked for in return, they act, we got like some real prisoners that they, they cold. <laughs> I so, believe we do. But you know what it blows my mind? Guess, look how much more our athletes get paid than our soldiers. That's America has prioritized certain yeah. type of people yeah. over yeah. some of the more, uh, you know, practical, fundamental necessities. Yep. And they probably feel like to the Americans, that's easy trade because they got some real gangsters. They, they, they like, if you want her back, release whoop de whoop and whoop de whoop. And when you look at their resume versus with they, they what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Excuse me. All right. It's like, we jaywalked over there. They like, we got you for jaywalking. Conviction. We turn to ABC News, Brett Clennett, who is joining me now from Kiev, Ukraine. Brett <laughs> Griner remains at the prison where she's been held since February. She's expected to remain there during her appeal, basically the next 10 days. How likely is it, as Maggie was just discussing, that she could end up in a Russian penal colony and just remind us how the conditions, if she were sent, would be different to where she is now. Well, Russian prisons are notoriously harsh. They're 
considered nightmarish and in some ways um, endure harsh um, mental conditions as well. Some are forced, as Maggie mentioned, to watch propaganda videos on repetition. Certainly there would be serious and mental challenges for anyone, you'd think, even for a professional basketball player. Trevor Reed, another American captured by Russians uh, who was eventually freed, he was in that same prison for nearly three years in that penal colony. Described, he described being in a place, in a crowded cell with serious criminals, including murderers who had uh, psychological conditions, uh, some he said um, he was threatened by or felt threatened by. Uh, when he was arrested in Moscow in 2019, he was a healthy 175-pound student. And when he was released, he said he weighed uh, 131 pounds. He was mm. ill, he was coughing up blood and feared he had contracted tuberculosis. His family said they were shocked at really how thin and unhealthy uh, he was when he came out. So it doesn't bode well for Griner, Griner, uh, Griner uh, having to be under these similar conditions. So, Brit, Russia saying earlier today that the country is now ready to discuss a prisoner swap <laughs> with the U.S. What's the latest? They call this well, Russian spokesperson uh, on Friday made it clear they are only willing to discuss on official channels, not via the press. But clearly, Griner's harsh sentence is a target of opportunity. There are plenty of questions, though, about what kind of deal Russia would accept and what deal the U.S. is uh, willing to offer to get her back. How about other remaining uh, Americans also in prison in Russia, like Mark Fogel and Paul Whelan? Will the offer include trading them for notorious weapons dealer Victor Boot, who is currently serving a 25-year sentence in the U.S. So plenty of questions surrounding those two. Victor, Victor so, Boot. Victor Boot. Arms dealer. Arms dealer. <laughs> arms dealer versus CBD cartridges. Exactly. Not even a, the... Uh, not even the bud. Not the pounds. Yeah. This dude sells, and not only the weapons that utilize cartridges of death, Real cartridges of ammunition. This is what he deals in. 25 years, and that's what they want to trade. That's crazy. It's like kidnap. That's like they got your baby. Now we finna find out how much America cares about Miss mm -hmm. Griner. Yep. And in that report, you heard how they mentioned there's people in line in front of her. They're getting us ready for the fact but they finna leave her over there. Yeah. <laughs> you ask what, what does the professional body need nutritional-wise, even off-season, on-season? Because you're not getting that diet in prison. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they really trying to get us accustomed or used to the fact they about to leave they her over to, there. Yeah, she about to. And I think like the average person, you see what they talked about the guy that spent three years in that prison. He's throwing up blood, lost 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. He's malnutrition. To be a professional athlete, you have to be on a far more strategic, um, mm -hmm. regimen when it comes to your diet. So I can imagine her being cast or thrust into such adverse, it might have even more drastic effect. Man, honestly, that's probably like one of the first things I think. Like, what is she eating? I can't, How is she eating? And when you go into starvation, your body goes to feed off fat. Her being a professional um, basketball player, and I've seen her, she's extremely lean. Mm -hmm. There's not much fat for your body to go to feed. She doesn't have 40 pounds to spare like the go individual we just heard about. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine just, and then she's over six feet. Can you imagine the accommodations in that prison? Oh, or the jail, the beds. She's, oh, man. Yeah, she's going through something so miserable. I couldn't even. Uh, but America, you in a cold position. We are watching. This is our sister in, in any stretch of the word. And um, I'm going to tell you this. For my sister and my daughter, 
I give up the uh, arms dealer. Mm-hmm. So, America, that's your baby. That's your daughter. And a good portion of of us are watching judgmentally to see what type of decisions you make. I think you should be a lot more hasty in your response. She should have been home. Mm-hmm. It's CBD oil. Y'all go to war over that other kind of oil. Mm-hmm. Let's get her back. Oh, my mama, mama. I'm just saying, though, facts over feelings, though. Like, oil yeah. is the most personal shit. For the oil y'all uh, accepted in the yeah, majority exactly. of these states. Exactly. <laughs> you dig a lies. Can I ask you a controversial question? Yeah. All right. One of my favorite quarterbacks of all time is Tom Brady. I ain't going to lie. No, that might be one of your nemesis, just TB. Yep. Only time he lost. I mean, the, y'all gave him the first two. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, he has seven? seven, but I'm talking about the two losses. He would have nine. He would have nine. Yeah, and they got two amazing plays, two catches that wouldn't. Yeah, it's just like, you know, he didn't. Just, like, he had. He would be too great had that not happened. So it's cool. However, you know, TB now plays for TB Tampa Bay. Um, he was late to reporting to tr- um, training camp this year, and there was a lot of speculation as to the reason. I think the official reason was personal family issues he had to deal with, mm-hmm. which I hope deep down in my heart it is, and I'm accept that's what it is unless some crazy evidence pops out to the opposite. <laughs> but I just wanted to get your perspective as somebody from that knows how to look at it from both sides. You may even know or be familiar with his character. Um, there was some reports saying that he had a problem playing for a black head coach, and that might have been the reason is why he was late reporting that he wasn't sure if he was going to come back. He might have. Do you think that you know, from what you were aware or familiar with about his character at all, you think that could have played into it at all? Man, just from knowing like coaches that coached him and players that nah, no way, no way. I'm so glad to hear that. I trust no what you say, nephew. No oh, way. Mom, mom, mom. No I, way. I fuck with TB. Is, so I would hate to imagine that's it. Nah, the, them dudes that come like from that New England uh, Patriots family, man, and that's what they call themselves. Like when you play for family. the A's, it's a family forever after that. It's forever after that. So that's hard. The players who come from there, like, and I play with a lot of them, and mm-hmm. a lot of all of them say the same thing about Tom. They'd be like, Tom, it's... Cuz, I got to say this. Look, 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 look. <laughs> I told this story before, but I tell it, because I used to always feel like he wanted us. Yeah. And I got one moment that just, like, really, like, locked it in for me. I could recall him being, like, in a... Um, it was, like, like, right before the game started. It was, like, on a Sunday. It was, like, the primetime game. The Jay-Z song. Down, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't the song. It may, the song may have been playing, but it's just something I saw. It was him. Like, you know how y- y'all finna come out the tunnel? That was the very first person. The whole rest of the team was behind him down the tunnel. So for the camera angle, all you can see is him, and you can see the shadow of helmets and face masks. But he was linked up against the wall with one foot against the wall. He had his, his, his chin strap was hanging. Helmet was up a little bit. Oh, I know what he's talking about. And then, like, whenever – I don't know where he got his cue from, but whenever he got the cue, the way he told the team, and they just uh-huh. – and, and went, that's some nigga shit. Boss. That was some nigga shit. Boss. He was just like, he was just focused. He wasn't, he wasn't paying them no attention. He Boss. was just waiting. And then he got a cue from somewhere and he was just like, come on. And they mobbed out. Yeah, I said, yeah, I say a TB, a nigga. Oh, God. <laughs> he really is. It ain't no way, like, I believe that. Like, because it been some dudes that play with me and they like the, the they all nigga. You mm. know what I'm saying? They like nah, Damn. Tom. Yeah. Okay, Tom let's say no Tom like, even. Tom is Tom us. Tom like us, bro. <laughs> I knew I picked him for a reason on my mama. mama. I knew I picked him that's for why, a that's reason. Why I'm like, nah, I, I don't even think that's like zero percent true. It, that's it's right. not true. 
I mean, you know, even though they kept it over there, in, in even as you say it's family, but um, I know they have a tradition for being like efficient without utilizing us in some of the key positions with the Edelmans and the Gronkowski's. Mm -hmm. They've um, uh, 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 acquired a lot of their success mm -hmm. by highlighting some of the talent that's not that obvious that around right. here. Yeah. So that's why another reason why it might be easy to believe. You know, Boston kind of yeah. has a, that area has a, yeah, yeah, yeah. so. But now I, I think that I just from my experience and just playing against them too and just like just knowing, watching them from afar, being a fan, then being a peer, I kind of know like, man, he all about like helping us right. because, you know. I could dig that. A couple years ago, he got Sherm to Tampa Bay. I remember that. He got AB to AB Tampa on. Bay. And A B didn't write represent him correctly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, how much like, how much does character play into your success and your acceptance and your longevity in the league? It's it's it got a lot to do with it. As for myself, like like what keep me in the doors is just because like I'm I'm available to everything. Mm. Uh I get along with everybody in the locker everybody in the facility, janitors included. Mm. And then just having that character, a lot of people, like a lot of, I just noticed a lot of cats from the South, they be like, I don't want to do this for that cracker. I don't want to do that for that cracker. But me, like with my perspective, like, I, I mean, I just think of like, I just try to stay humble. Just remember the background that I come from and just mm. remember like, before I had this cash, like I was, you know what I'm saying? So how dare I come step into this place and act like, I'm, I ain't gonna do this for some. I ain't gonna. There do this you for go. Something. Cause guess what? Outside of that, that dream life you living, you'll be doing something for another cracker, whatever they want to call it, for way less. Yeah. And for way less fun. <laughs> exactly. Tell me how does it feel after your success and how we can all applaud it and be so uh, proud and happy? How does it feel for it to be extended through a little brother and to have somebody else to keep the fucking legacy going? Cause like, it's like getting the bus two nuts in a row for uh, like how the fuck because that's like now you put yourself in the class of the mannings mm -hmm. it's i've seen the nfl highlight and i was kind of mad i seen a series last year y'all wasn't included yeah, they show all the brother pairs. did you tag us in that did, you, ta did I, you tag us i may have i tag y'all I, 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 I think i remember something like that how does it feel to be in a class of such a small people where there's i see it pop up it's a little more prevalent than it once was but it's not often that out of the same bloodline you get a get a chance to have you know like is it is it is it because i can imagine had you not even went through the experience you would still be elated for your little bro mm -hmm. have you been able to lace him up with anything tell him anything he can expect does he appreciate your experience does it benefit him yeah uh like they be joking around with me they call <laughs> me like the general the captain of the family that's right just because like you know when it's time to work i'll be like let's work that's right but like Rashad, like he, my brother with the Seahawks, that last year, that them last what eight games he had, man, I just told him, bro, like, go run, just run. Do you? It ain't nothing, ain't nothing to it. Is that it. what you used to it tell him when y'all was twelve and fifteen and fourteen? Same like, shit. Uh huh. Because it was funny, cause my older brother Rob, he like when I used to pick my younger brother, the brother that's under me, I used to pick him up on. He's like, man, why you picking him up? It's way better players out here. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, man. you knew he had it. I said, no, nah, he got it, cause he had some big old knees. And, mm. Elbows was big, like he just his hands was big, but he was just skinny and little. But he was always fast, so I used to always pick him up. 
So my confidence was always high in them, always, always high. But now that we just got to this pro- professional level, and it was like, you know, I got some experience over them. So now I just lace them with, like, all the little details of the game mm-hmm. that all the OGs was giving me. And that's what, yeah, he ain't got to bump into them yet. He'll get there, but yeah, he uh-huh. know what, basically what, that's hard. Yeah, he, it's coming. So Shout out Rashad. Shout out Rob. Shout out the ladies, too. Yep. Oh, my mama, mama. So I'm just, I just love the whole uh essence of a black successful family i love the way y'all love each other i love what y'all do with your communities y'all come in y'all throw the celebrity basketball games yeah. you do the giveaways you include me you got a hoop next time though i'm gonna run next time i'll run next time i got a cold little jumper you gotta set me a pick though yeah i got you gotta set me a pick oh god all right you know what i'm just gonna exhaust a few of my sport concepts and ideas and questions that i you know be on my mind man Fantasy football, I'm, I'm just now vaguely starting to get familiar with the concept. Do you fuck with it? Does it take away from the essence of football? Do you appreciate it? What is it? Can you help me understand it better? Uh, The players look at it like it's a fantasy. Okay. So don't be mad at me if I don't go out here and score two touchdowns and I don't get your points. Like, you know what I'm saying? But when I see the news and the reports, <laughs> if that player did good in fantasy – Y'all like that. That is even something to report on. Yeah, it, okay. is, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's solid. But, like, for the most part, like, man, you be on Twitter, and you already take an L on Sunday. You you lose on Sunday. And then you have some fans talking about some, hey, man, you only got me six <laughs> points of fantasy. Like, man, do you know I don't give a fuck about fantasy right now, man? Okay, you we only give a lo- We just lost. Y'all talking about some fantasy football, man. Do, but- you, do you as a player play, play as a fan? Do you make a fantasy team? Yeah, I got a fantasy team. <laughs> Are you good yeah, from the fantasy perspective? Do you pick well? I pick straight. Yeah, I be, yeah, I'll be good for the most part. Yeah, I'll be good. Gambling is legal, huh? Fantasy wise. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you gamble. You fuck around. You gamble with it. Yeah, they, oh, I love yeah. yeah. they start taxing now though. Yeah. yeah. So as a as a from growing up into now as a man outside of you know Arizona, perhaps New York. What's, what was your team? Who you a fan of outside of your, your personal experiences? Uh, I go, I like, I was a diehard Rams fan. Oh, I was glad you fuck with the Rams. Uh-huh. So you been in SoFi? Yeah, I've been in SoFi. I played there twice. Okay. Beautiful stadium. <laughs> I was talking about how you watched Beautiful, beautiful stadium. <laughs> it's man. flying in. Yeah, man. That, That's hard. The technology, uh, it's crazy. That's a crazy stadium. So you've been, you been everywhere. Compare it. Rank it. Uh, One out of 32. The best, best stadium? Yeah. It's a couple of them. I'll Give say, me the top five. I'm going to go with Seahawks. Number uh, Seahawks is there. Wow. Not just because of the sound. The 12th man. The 12th man. Oh, the 12th man. Okay. <laughs> real. Okay. It's real. Huh? Okay. Kansas City gets super yep, real. Yep. They got the reputation. Uh, The Patriots, when you go to New England, that, <laughs> the stadium ain't too much. It's just when you get there, you just feel clouded by it. You know what I'm saying? I guess they're greatness the or something. I can Y'all imagine. I can imagine. So uh, New England up there. Uh, I love playing at the Giant Stadium just because. Of course. It's, you know. Does it actually compare, or do you just love it? How I just old? Love it. Oh, you love I it. I could imagine. It. it feel like home. It feel like home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then uh, the last one, I'm gonna go with uh, where did I have fun at? I always have fun at uh, Dallas. Okay. Jerry's World. I, you know, I thought Dallas, San Francisco, because they were the newer. Mm-hmm. I thought and LA, but you didn't include neither. No, that's deep. I, I say I, I just put I put LA in there, but San Francisco, like I like those teams that like that got the super tradition. Okay, I know San Francisco. So got Green the Bay didn't cross your mind. 
Green Bay, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one. Yeah, so I guess it's six. So like Green Bay in there too. I know this is the first time once again since very young that this hasn't been one of the most busiest times of your life. However, I know that you've just left Chicago. You also got other things in play that possibly might make this time of year busier next year and even more busy for you for the rest of the season. You mind discussing any of that? Uh, if you don't, this part won't even appear. Nah, it's all good. Uh, so, yeah, I just got back from Chicago, did a workout with the Bears. Salute. We went good. And I got a couple more workouts. Uh, got one with the Raiders coming up. Salute. That's what made me mention it because – you talked about teams with rich tradition, and both those teams are some of the yeah. richest, um, you know, NFL traditions, yeah. man. Chicago and the Raiders. And it just seemed like, you know, once I got – it's crazy because I always get, like, whatever I pray for, <sighs> it just be happening sometimes. Like, you know, I remember when I first – my rookie year, I was like, I want to stay home. I got to stay home. And then I was – Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then when I – I used to tell my brothers all the time, like, I want to live in New York. I want to play football in New York. When I was in high school, I used to always say that. I, I used to want to play in the cold. I was a bigger running back, so, I, you know, they, you really run the ball when it's cold. It's grimy. It's, it was just my kind of game. Is so. the fullback position going to be extinct in the future? Um, see, the way the game is going, like, the, the, the answer would be, like, yeah, you can kind of say that. But – then again, you see teams that's going back to that two running back two system. Run, yeah, I've been so they, that. So, you know, you got to implement a fullback, you With know, some just, to give, some, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. to give a different look for defenses and stuff. So it's kind of shaky. And I wouldn't even – I don't even know if they call it fullback no more because I ain't even really had no true position. I used to just – Right, just – Right, back, right. Like, Do you, to me, you're a big guy. But relative to the average guy out there, are you big? On the field? Yeah. Nah, nah, some big old niggas. <laughs> it's, some big niggas it's some big niggas out there. So, <laughs> is that where the concept of technique yep. beats the size? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so that's that's just what I like. How I excel so just really paying attention to details, and then really just watching film, like. Because I remember my first couple of years, I used to be nervous when I used to go up against, like... Mm, that's what I'm curious about. Cam yeah. Chancellor and them dogs. Right. I used to be like, oh, I don't know. Because I used to, when I was young, I used to just try to go and just go meet force with force. Mm. Then I got older. Match, match like, a few times. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I, I could did. imagine. So as I got older in the game, I just learned, like, all right, let me take a proper angle. Or let me mm. get to him like this. Or let me put my hands right here. Like everything just it like past year two like when I seen like athletic ability slowly decline just a mm-hmm. little bit because of life yeah it, correct correct mm-hmm. just a little bit so I, when I seen that I was like okay I gotta do this now I gotta do this mm-hmm. now I got a hot tub cold tub for this long I gotta do it just that makes so much sense yeah. do do like we get a few because of the way the microphones work and mic'd up we get a little idea but do we really have an idea how much shit talking go down out there hell. <laughs> Hey man, that Sundays is man. Like church is the holy day you talk sweet. What is you the feel me? Now, I field. swear to God, I tell that to myself. I told the homies that all the time. Like man, do y'all know we play this crazy game on the Lord's That's day? Deep. And we talking crazy. Man, the COVID season was one of the best seasons because mm. like those is like them back. Like to me, 
that's when you know, like, because some people, when the crowd is, like, live. That was a good, that's a good thing to bring up. You ain't thinking about, you're not thinking about. What, what, explain the difference. The opponent. That loud ass that. crowd versus nobody. What the fuck was that like? That blows my mind. To me, it made the environment more hostile. It was more about y'all and mm -hmm. what y'all felt. It was more hostile. Mm. So teams was playing harder. Everybody was playing faster. You can hear the it coaches. It felt more like scrimmage, there. huh? Yeah. yeah. You can hear the coaches over there. And you know, sometimes the scrimmage be harder than the game. You see the big rumble. Uh, the Ram Who was that? The Bengals and yeah, the Rams? Yeah, the Rams. You see? You see? <laughs> they ain't doing that on the game day. They so chilling me, game day. At that moment, unless you was part of the, the immediate part, are you a diffuser or a motherfucker running up saying, what's happening? <laughs> later, later in my career, I got to what's happening. <laughs> I got to, I got to what's happening quick. That's right, that's Even to start though, because it just you know the type of player that I was, my role, I was the grimy guy, Iron Man type. You know, you know where you from? I don't give a fuck. You graduated from college in Idaho. I don't give a fuck. They know where you yeah, from, and the kind of daddy you got, all yeah. that. They they gonna look for that from exactly. you. Yeah, yep. and yeah. that's and that's how that's what I carry with me. Like you know, I wasn't going out there like. Of course not. Like right. Nah, but I was. You know, I just <laughs> let them know. Yeah, I. Love, <laughs> you know, getting the end zone, doing my thing a couple that's times. Right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but no, nah, I wasn't out there like you know set tripping or nothing like that. But I just was taking my you know. Where I was from, I just took it with me. You right, know, right. And just brought that attitude out to wherever I was at. I'm actually a totally unrelated, but similarly like related question. Do you got any appreciation for the person who C Mac has is? Do you aware of him at all? <laughs> <laughs> I got love I think for him. Yeah, I think he's funny as yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. He's he funny as hell. If you don't take him serious, and I think if somebody gets to hold his career and doesn't get the world to take him serious, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, I me, I I texted you the other day and I told you when I was listening to Beautiful Day. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, bro, I was man, I ain't gonna lie, I was I was faded no, a little bit. Nephew used to dance. Just think about it. You got to have the agility to come through a hole this small. Yeah, a motherfucker might or might not make a block. It take a lot of tiptoeing to get through them small, especially when you're a big old. Uh huh. Nigga. You gotta be a lot on them toes. Tell them about that dancing background a little bit. Nah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot of things. Cause guess what? I've, way before your professional career, I was aware that there were DNs that would go take ballet mm -hmm. in order to be more yeah. graceful yeah, on their feet. Yeah, more so. balance, more everything, more everything. So, yeah, but when you was like, I we talked about that C Mac could be big. Is like when I, when I text you, it was like. The beautiful day song. It sounded like a Dr. Seuss poem, like a hood Dr. Seuss. The words, that. Like how you said it, how you laced it, and it was like, I kind of when I think of like gang banging and you know trying to you know make it successful, mm -hmm. I feel like I look at Snoop Dogg as like the the blueprint, the blueprint yes. of it, right? Yes. You know, he's overseas, he's famous, and Correct. all that stuff. So you know, I feel like if you know C Mac get his hands get with the right person. Oh, definitely, you know, he's out of here. Mm -hmm. He's out of here, and just with that beautiful concept, and you comparing it to Dr. Seuss from when it started, that, that makes hard, so bro. much sense. When Crayola came with this, yeah. Uh -huh. Shout out to Betsy Boat because yeah. Betsy Boat is a white female who's legendary in the hip hop industry as a publicist, and. She texted me recently in my DM. She's older. She's out the game. But everybody who did anything successfully independently on the West Coast knows who Betsy Boat is. Mm -hmm. And she just asked me recently in my DM, like, Spire, why don't you re-release um, Beautiful World? Man. She said, I told you back then. That was my nine-year-old daughter. She's nothing like a straight white. She's like, 
that's her favorite song. She said she still loves it. <laughs> I was having suspicion when I seen Crayola come with that campaign. I remember that it was a white lady used to tell me, my daughter loves this song. She's like, I don't know why she loves it so much. I thought that lady grew up and started working for Crayola. <laughs> but it doesn't, shout out to Bessie, Bessie, uh, Bessie Boat, because I know that's not your daughter, but I thought, I was I was, I was was suspicious. I was gonna come holla at you. <laughs> we, got, we got about 10 minutes left, man. Um, I got about 10,000 things I wanna ask you. Definitely gonna have to get a part two whenever at your convenience, no rush, no pressure. But um, let's, I'll just ask you this um, outside of that. Um, you, our inspiration to so many that came up like us. There's so many people trying to f follow the footsteps that you took. Anything that you would say to anybody that you don't know that just might be trying to go down the path that you went. Um, there's so many different scenarios. What would be one general message that you think you could give to any urban, young, black? You know, they may have two parents, they may not. Mm -hmm. They may have love in their life, they may not. You know what it takes as a human being physically to get through not the perfect path to success, but the struggle. Anything in general you could just give to those coming up behind you facing similar circumstances? I, I always just say like to like all the like younger, younger generation, younger kids, especially this generation, I feel like that I feel like we just try to find that that older person, whether it's a role model, big homie, whoever, somebody mm -hmm that's doing the right thing that you can you look at and be like, you know, I want to do that like him or I want to do that mm -hmm. like him. Because I feel like, you know, in order to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. Mm -hmm. So to find somebody to follow, which for me was easy. It was my grandpa, my pops. I was just about to uh, go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> it was that's my grandpa, right. my pops. Mm -hmm. So it was it, a lot of like stuff that like was going on around me. I could have easily like hopped in, but like I just believe me, y'all easy. Easy. He's, he's not only my hero because of what he's accomplished, but it's what he uh, turned his back on. I promise y'all. He had every excuse to do everything I did with my life that I'm not proud of. Promise you. And he could be sitting here telling you about his story and saying, this is what it is and that's what it is versus what it actually is. And nobody could judge him. So I give, I got extra appreciation for somebody who had all the excuses and still don't rely on them. That's a real motherfucking achiever. Yeah. And that's what it takes to make at the most excellent levels of everything. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate yeah. you coming through. I appreciate your presence. Yeah. Appreciate your humility. We hoping yeah. um, that these workouts go good. If they don't, it don't matter. I know how many number, numbers of years you've been affiliated. We good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> appreciate you. Huh? Everything locked in. Likewise. Yeah. I had, had another question. Keep that because I want you might, you might have to repeat that because that's why I want to ask you this too. Um, So many athletes go through uh financial turmoil mm -hmm. i'm aware that you were able to avoid squandering and doing a whole bunch of extras of excess and you have yourself in a very secure position do you attribute that to parenting was there an agent what is it that caused you not to be a thrill seeker or a foolish spender what what do you attribute that to because i'm so proud of the way you've handled your finances and your business situation uh, just, just again, like my dad. Yeah, I, I just shout like, out Big Five again. You <laughs> Big Rob, pops. Five up. <laughs> yep. So he her, but I love you, man. We young, Herb, by the yeah. way, though. Like, yeah, yeah. OG Herb, yeah. yeah. So now nah, we uh, 
my dad, you know, I just seen him. I seen everything he did growing up. Like I knew that, like somehow I didn't. I didn't know how my dad was making money, but I seen that he had money. But I also seen that he was he was low key. So it was just like, all right, you know, and if I ever was to get in position to make some money or get some money, then I'ma just move the same way. And then plus, mm-hmm. you know, when you get into the NFL, it was like now you're dealing with money that your parents never had. Mm-hmm. So now you got I I just you know re- reached out. To like you know some of my peers, uh, some of my mentors, Marshall Falk. Shout know, out started, Marshall Falk. Started, got me in his uh you know his financial world financial group. So I'm learning every day still to this day. I actually was on a call this morning about you know my finances. Fin- Speaking of Marshall Falk, he made the transition from athletic excellence to the media. Mm-hmm. Is that any bit? I love the way you present yourself. You're very articulated. Uh, have you ever thought about cross? It's a lot of athletes that make that transition. It seems like the natural transition. Mm-hmm. Has it ever crossed your mind? Because I've, I've been looking about establishing some with a, a, a consistent partner, and I think we might. Oh, <laughs> it could be sports free. Like, you want to do that? Yeah. We're going to mix it yeah. up, man. We're going to mix it up, man. I appreciate your interest in that. I'm glad to know that. Nah, yeah. This is definitely what I want. And I talk to Marshall every day about, like, man, how can I get on Fox Sport? How can I get on, like. Is he, you know, is, is, is he being um, friendly with the path? And yeah, you know, lacing you up. Yeah, because I, I, I could get a suit, a tie, I could, all that. Yeah, all, all that. All that. All that. Oh my, my. And it, let me tell you something, nephew. On oh, God, everybody that know me in my casual life know this. When I watch games, the commentators repeat me. So the commentators. Repeat they repeat. I promise you. All right, well, we got a job. Oh my, you. mama, mama. Job, they, re, they repeat me. Everybody, attend, yeah. and I could say some unique shit. I see some shit that, and them commentators say exactly, exactly what I what said. You, I promise you. Man, you ain't far off. All right, there we go. There we go. Yeah, but no, yeah. Social media presence, you got a one that you're trying to keep people in touch with you. Uh, we don't want no raggedy, scraggly females. We happily married and attached. Mm. But anybody business-wise, yeah. where they can reach you at? We talking business only. Uh, the Authentic Penny, underscore 35. And then on Twitter, Elijah P, E-L-I-J-H-A-A-P, capital P, that's me. Yeah, man, just shout out to Unk for having oh, me. Yeah, I'm not shout you, man. nephew. I like the way you just popped that. Yeah, you ready? He was, yeah. I thought you was rapping for us. Nah, 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 nah. All right. Oh, <laughs> I, I do that too, though, for oh, real. God. No, we're going to do it all. <laughs> yeah. It's yep. been another uh, episode of Facts Over Filling the Podcast. Uh, my very favorite up until this point, man. I'm proud of you. I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Unk. You're welcome back at any time. Sure. And we're going to politic on what you was talking about. For sure. All right. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. The life we live right now is all about the money. So what you gonna do when you ain't got no money? Your phone-